All right, all right, all right. Ho, 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 and Merry Christmas to everybody, and welcome into another episode of America's Hometown Horror. My name is Mike, and it's good to be back, and it's good to have you back here hanging out with us. Uh, as you can see, that we are remote again tonight, which unfortunately is uh, one of the product of the times. But uh, hey, before we get into everything tonight, let me just uh, say good evening to you listeners, and we'll uh, run through some housekeeping stuff before I bring in my co-host here tonight, and we talk about the usual things that we talk about. So first and foremost, a couple housekeeping items for you. Here's where you can find us online if you are so interested in that type of thing. First place is our website, which is apod.com. That's A-H-H-P-O-D.com. Head on over there to find out more about our show, more about us. Uh, you can listen to our show. You can find all of our social media platforms, and uh, you can read our blog, which we will be updating more and more periodically as the new year comes. You can also find us on pretty much every social media platform, but specifically YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for America's Hometown Horror. You'll find us right on there. We'll pop right up there. And you can also email us if you feel so inclined at uh, hometownhorrorpodcast at gmail.com if you feel like dropping us a line. And of course, I would be remiss if I did not mention our two partners in Fright, first of which is Horror Facts Magazine. You can find them at horrorfacts.com. It's a great resource for any horror fan. If you're looking for news, reviews, uh, horror podcasts, just like ours, go to horrorfacts.com. You'll find us on there along with, along with a lot of other great horror podcasts. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered with the first in Fright since 1979, Fangoria. And uh, we are giving our listeners an exclusive 20% discount on all Fangoria merchandise. All you have to do is go to shop.fangoria.com slash hometownhorrorpod uh, and use the code hometownhorrorpod at checkout for an exclusive, again, 20% discount on any merchandise. And that includes your first-time magazine subscription. So if you're not a subscriber to Fangoria, I would highly recommend that you uh, get on their mailing list for the new year, for the Christmas season, because as always, Fangoria, I'm sure has a lot of good things coming up in the new year. And let's bring in our co-hosts. Tonight, I am joined by the studious, the illustrious, Andrew Byers. Andrew, what's up, bud? What's up, man? How are we doing? Good evening. Good evening to you. You look very festive with your Christmas sweater. Yeah, you like my dinosaur Christmas sweater? Pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I do like it quite a bit. Very, very nice. Excellent. Good to have you on. Good to be back. And of of course, our good buddy Matt Audette, Mr. Audette. Hello, Hello. how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing, doing well. Hanging out, ready to talk some horror. Am I back? Am I back? back. Are you using the, the old computer? Jesus Christ! No, this is the new computer. I'm sorry about that. Um, did you guys hear everything I said before it, everything cut out, or was it uh, back? Yeah, you were good until you dropped off. Okay, perfect. Well. Yeah, anyway, um, in case everything didn't go through, I, I have to say, yeah, last week uh, or a couple weeks ago when we recorded that episode, I was uh, I was in a bad way, as uh, I said before. I was absolutely hammered, and um, that was uh, because of uh, our friends over at the Bar Talk podcast. They uh, decided to have me on their show and thought maybe I could make a day of it and do more than I thought I could, and uh, what you got was me just uh, being a drunken mess on the show, so... Um, like thanks throwback. to Matt, Andrew, and Kat for uh, for carrying us on Silent Night, Deadly Night. It was a pretty funny. Uh, it was pretty funny to go back on this, to be honest. Oh, I can imagine from an outside perspective. I can tell you that editing that episode was fucking horrific. I was, uh, <laughs> my God, talk about not even secondhand embarrassment, just firsthand embarrassment. Just listening to yourself ramble like a fucking moron. Jesus Christ. But anyway, yeah. Lot. So you can. Sorry, go ahead. I was to say there's like a handful of points where you can hear me and you just like giggling, like <laughs> off, kind of like to the side. Like <laughs> I was cracking up at that. That was funny. I, I definitely have to yeah. listen to that one. I haven't listened yeah. to it yet. I, I was it. fucking shattered, and uh, I mean, yeah, the 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 bartender at uh, day drinking and uh, Madam. I was hanging out with your wife. We were yeah, uh, filmed together, so um, I can't wait to see when it does come out. But it should be fun. Yeah, we were drinking like bourbon and tequila and fucking, you know, blue frozen drinks and everything. And this is all at like 11 o'clock in the morning. So it was a long, Jesus. long day. I yeah. decided to keep drinking beers after that. And it was a uh, bad, bad decision, I have to say. Anywho, 
Well, anyway, yeah. So now that that's out of the way, thanks again for sticking with us. Hey, guys, we like to have fun here on the podcast, too. We've never prided ourselves being super, super duper serious. And sometimes those things can happen. But uh, anyway, guys, happy third belated birthday to us. We should have, I wish we had like kazoos or something. We just blow yeah. I know. Whoopee cushions. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I got to tell you, I mean, we uh, we have under-celebrated our anniversary and our birthday for the last couple of years, and I think we're overdue for maybe a, a, a belated birthday celebration. I know we have, um, you know, some good stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks, because as always, we like to uh, plan out a bunch of good stuff to talk about here on the show, and I know we have, um, you know, a couple different things coming up next week. I'm very excited. I know we're all very excited to talk about our top 10 horror movies of the year. That should be a fun yeah. episode to talk about, and then we get a couple other good things coming up in January including the second annual version of Janthology, which we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about as we get closer to it. But uh, I, it's crazy to think that it's been three years. I know, Matt, you just uh, it's, it's almost a year for you at this mm -hmm. point. But, uh, Andrew, crazy to think that we've been doing this bullshit for three years, man. Yeah, it's amazing how far we've come from <laughs> some of those early uh, episodes. So have have we come very far? I'm well, not quite sure. That from we last have. week, aside from last <laughs> week, that was a throwback episode. Dude, yeah, la last la last week for me was uh, that was pretty close to one of our early episodes. That was like close to it follows, where we just you know <laughs> we were all too drunk to and and we just none of it was useful at all we had to re-record it so if we ha i guess in that sense we have come a long way since then so yeah, happy knew, third birthday to us <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah happy third birthday to us if you care about such things we've been around for three years and uh there's three years worth of episodes you guys can uh, all go back and listen to one episode a week for three years so that's quite a quite a few episodes which very impressive I'm, I, I was going to say it is impressive and I'm happy that we've stuck with it because this is a lot of fun and I love doing this every week. So, and I'm happy that we are uh, expanding this year and we brought Matt on board and couldn't be happier with it. So love it. Cat would say I'm glad it's to be fun here. to have book club. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately we don't have Kat here tonight. Um, she's feeling a little bit under the weather. Um, you know, I guess I feel like everyone's a little bit sick this time of year. So in good faith, we decided to, uh, you know, do things remote just to keep everybody safe. And uh, right here Christmas. we are. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah exactly. Christmas. Keep everybody sick so we can open some Christmas presents with our families and have a good old Christmas time. Let the Yuletide roll, baby. So anyway, now that we got that stuff out of the way, gentlemen, I know that we're uh, the art. Our group text thread has been alive with a lot of things that we've been watching over the last couple of weeks since we recorded last um who would like to go first or i can go first if uh, if you'd like i know i watched a couple of things i have a lot so I okay i'm going last or first, i'll go or first okay i'll go first so i know <laughs> i have a couple things here that i watched that um you guys have either watched or watched recently um i guess i'll lead off with the fact that i finally pulled the trigger and watched speak no evil oh yeah <laughs> yeah and uh cat 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 did cat did too Cat uh, did too. So um, I will say, and I, I have a feeling that we're going to talk a lot more in depth about this movie come next week when we, uh, you know, we do our top 10 of the year. Cause I think this is going to fall, you know, at least on our list or pretty high on our list for a few of us here. Um, it was a very upsetting watch. I will say um, it was a very slow burn until it wasn't. And as a new parent or I can imagine as not even a new parent, it's uh, an incredibly devastating watch, um, about as bleak of a movie in a long, long time. Uh, the ending is really something that does stick with you. And, uh, oh man, yeah, I, uh, it, it was a lot to handle, for sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like, it's it, maybe we'll save our thoughts, you guys, until, uh, yeah, until you don't next really week. I not say much about that. Bleak is about as nice a word you can. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it was definitely, it was a well-made movie. I really enjoyed it a lot um, and, until I didn't. And um, there's definitely a few things that are in there that I think that, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget. It's definitely one of those movies that you remember where you were when you watched it. Uh, I know a lot of people have kind of compared it to, Matt, I think this was you too, but, uh, you know, like Audition that type yeah. of a gut punch type of movie like that yeah. type of fucked upness so irreversible yeah that's another one yeah 
Yeah. Um, I do have some notes here from Kat, too, if anyone does care what Kat has to say, uh, since she couldn't join us tonight. I know she was d very disappointed that she couldn't join us, and she did want to share some thoughts, which I, I applaud her effort. Um, this is what she wrote for Speak No Evil. Um, I feel bad saying this. This is a direct quote from Kat, by the way. I feel bad saying this, but two thumbs up. Two thumbs <laughs> up wow. for Kat for that's Speak a, No Evil, which surprising. would not have predicted that. <laughs> Um, she says that she thinks that you guys hyped it up so much that it wasn't as big of a deal as she thought it was going to be, but it was definitely graphic and horrific. Yikes. Okay. Uh, I guess I, with that, come, I mean, I don't think you, like, what did she, like, that was the most, one of the most brutal endings of a movie I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a little bit tougher than we give her credit for. I guess I so. I guess so, dude. Yeah. I was heartbroken <laughs> at the end of that movie. I was, I sat yeah, right? there in silence for 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, speak no evil. I have a feeling that'll come back up again next week. So I don't want to go too, too much into it, but, um, a couple other things, Andrew, I know that you also watched this movie. You watched a uh, slashback on shutter as did I, I did. Yes. I think I liked it a little bit more than you did. I know you were uh, very passionate about your, uh, your strong feelings for this movie. It just was kind of like, I mean, I feel like it's, it's a coming of age movie. I feel like this movie's made for clearly not meant for, you know, 40 year old men. Um, well, but, I'm not 40. Thank you very much. Neither am I, but <laughs> close enough. Closer to 40. Not closer to 40. Uh, so <laughs> if, you had a, if, if I had closer to 40 than I am to being a teenage girl. So. That's, That's true. That's it true. Was just, it was just so poorly acted. I thought the acting was terrible. See, I didn't think the acting was that bad. Um, I thought, if anything, the CGI and the special effects definitely let it down a little bit, aside from a few parts. I was disappointed. Uh, Matt, did, did you watch this, Matt? No, you guys. Made okay, it not yet. Bad. <laughs> so, I don't want to spoil it too much for you. I mean, I, I think you said I'm, maybe you're going to sit this one out. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. You can. Okay. It. So, I guess if I had to describe this to the average person, this is definitely like um, the thing mixed with like Attack the Block, which those are two movies that I really like a lot. Obviously, the thing is one of my all-time classics, and you throw in like a little bit of like Reservation Dogs that show it's on FX. Because it's it's all um, you know native people that are uh, that are in this, and yeah, I, I guess Andrew, the acting wasn't necessarily the strong point. Um, there were some kind of cool visuals. I thought that like the what happens to the the people that get taken over by this alien parasite um, was pretty cool. Um, it almost kind of reminded me of like the Zeke the Plumber episode of Salute Your Shorts back on Nickelodeon in the '90s. If anyone even knows what I'm even talking about there. I can tell by both your faces that you don't. That's okay. <laughs> I should, but I don't. Not salute your shorts fans. Okay. I Google, watched, do me a favor and Google, oh. Google Zeke the plumber. Salute your shorts when you have a moment and uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so if you haven't heard of this movie, this is basically, it's an alien invasion story where it's a bunch of um, Inuit people up uh, a couple miles south of the Arctic Circle. So very much the thing vibes in that sense. Um, and it's just kind of takes off from there and if, if you've seen the thing or if you've seen excuse me attack the block you kind of know where it goes from there it wasn't great it wasn't great but i've had worse times with things and i know andrew I did, like, just I, fucking I mean, hated i like the skin suits over like the worm alien things that was kind of cool um, oh there's no. worms well, they're kind of there were tentacles there were tentacles oh. so of course i'm gonna defend it i just think i was disappointed because i thought that that movie had so much potential and it just under it could have been so much better than it certainly could have yeah i um i definitely was not as uh impressed as i was hoping that i would have been but um then my final watch i'll, I'll touch on this very very briefly here because i don't have much to say about it because it was fucking horrible and i couldn't even finish it um was excited to watch this one on shutter and i'm disappointed to say that i didn't like it and that's a uh, christmas bloody christmas who boy oh man i just could not get through it um basically the premise for this if you haven't heard of it uh it, it's a cool premise it takes place on christmas eve into christmas and it's a robotic animatronic santa claus from a toy store that goes on a killing rampage in a town you'd think that sounds cool it's really not that fun there was just something about this that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And if either of you guys tried this, no. Is it new okay. to this year? Yeah, it's it's new. It's it came out within the last like month. Um, it's got um like a few actors that you'd recognize. One of which is uh Jonah Ray. I think his name is. He was the guy that like kind of took over as like the the person in the Mystery Science uh three th Mystery Science Theater three thousand reboot. Huh. 
you'd, you'd know him if you saw him. He's in it for a little bit. He's actually the first guy to get killed, which, uh, spoiler, fuck you, because this movie sucks anyway. <laughs> um, you know how, like, Rob Zombie's movies are written in a way where the language is, like, just off-putting? Yeah, it's just, no, there's no one that's likable. No, yeah, so this this was kind of written in that vein. Super like, I'm no, I'm no prude, but, like, everything was just about, like, you know, every single person the entire time was just, like, over the top, like, screaming, swearing about, like, you know, oh, like, records and bands and movies and you have terrible opinions and everybody that they know has a huge dick and they're definitely going to fuck tonight because it's Christmas Eve and, like... It, it was just fucking stupid. And, Sounds like it was written by like 12 year olds. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty much. And like, I, I, I mean, into that. <laughs> they, they really did. They really yeah. did. And like there, there's a part where the, the, the actor I was talking about, like the first kills occur in the toy store where the Santa Claus comes to life and they're doing cocaine. And the girl that he's with pretty much is like, oh, yeah, like if you give me an orgasm tonight, then you get to fucking I'll cook you a meal and nothing but an apron and you can eat my asshole afterwards. And he's like, why don't I just why don't I just eat your asshole right now? And he starts fucking going to town on this girl's butt. And then they both get killed by this Santa Claus. And like the way that they shoot the kills, all of it is, is shot. It's shot like through a point of view like of the robot. So you don't actually see a lot like every single time. And it, it's just, it's, it was stupid. And then the other two characters they follow are two people that are like the whole time. They're like coworkers that you want to think aren't going to have sex. And the whole time they talk about how much they're totally not going to have sex. And then guess what? They end up having sex and then the Santa Claus attacks. And I was like, you know what? I looked at Kat and I was like, what are we doing here? Like, there's too much shit to watch. Like, I can't. I, I gave this an hour and it's fucking terrible. So I can't give this any more of my time. If I wanted to watch someone have their asshole eaten out, I'd watch uh, something on Brazzers. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with analingus if, like, that's what you're into. But I, like, I was just using it as an example, right? Because just, like, everything was just, like, so over the, like, like. I'm I trying to think of a movie where someone's ass was actually eaten out that wasn't like a yeah. Like, trying to wrap I mean, my I, brain I, that sounds like a first, actually. I, I'm gonna have to check. I swear out. a lot, and I think that this was just a case of they were swearing so much because it was lazy writing, unnecessary. Yeah. 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 So that was that, that was my thought on terrible. it. I mean, I, if um, if you're looking for something that is a stupid Christmas horror themed good time, maybe you'll have a different opinion than me. But I thought it was fucking brutal. I couldn't even finish it. So anyway, wow. that's what I got. Slashback, Christmas, Bloody Christmas, and Speak No Evil, which I'm sure we'll talk more about next week. Nah. Andrew, you care to go next? Sure. So you already mentioned Slashback. I won't regurgitate any more of that. Um, I did watch Troll on Netflix. Um, ah, yes. Eh, that was a fun little movie. Nothing nothing special, nothing great. Um, a lot of nods to uh, Jurassic Park, which I liked. Very entertaining movie. If you're just looking to watch something, it's like the horror elements are minuscule, if you ask me. But it was a fun watch. Check it out. It's called Troll. It's basically they're excavating some mountain looking to like, I think they're trying to make like a tunnel to the other side or something. They awaken this mountain troll that's like gigantic and it just bursts out and just starts wandering the hillside and killing people. Kind of, it sounds like my kind of movie, to be honest. And I it's it, it's and very I, entertaining. Cat watched it too. It's, you watched it? No, Cat watched oh, it too. Oh, Cat watched it too. Yeah, Cat was the one that brought it up and I was like, troll. And I was like, I'll check that. It's entertaining. It's not, it's, it's, I'd give it like a solid C. It's nothing to write home. Definitely worth checking out. Or just looking for a light, easy watch. Something to watch with Sarah that she would actually watch with you. It's nah, not... dude. She would. I don't think she would. <laughs> she wouldn't even watch that. For that one. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. There's like a legit part in the movie where the guy says, like, it's like an exact line from Jurassic Park. Um, it was the line, like, you spent too much time wondering if you could, but you never thought to think if you should. That line from the... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like an exact line from it. I was like, this is... It's basically... Jurassic Park with Annie. just rip ripping off Ian Malcolm totally. Yeah, it was a, it was definitely it was a nod because it was like the exact it was like verbatim same line. Um, and then there was a couple like the woman that they bring in to help with the troll is um what is it a paleontologist or whatever they they dig up 
that dinosaurs. That's her. Uh, you, so you guys uh, dig up, uh, dig up dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. So that was a fun little watch. Definitely uh, no ill thoughts about that movie. And then I did watch uh, on Netflix too. They have a series of short films called uh, Oats Studios. They're di- all directed by Neil Blomkamp. I think how you pronounce his name. Neil Blomkamp. Yeah, you're gonna kill me. I haven't done this yet, Andrew. But it's um, I, I I didn't forget about you. Oh no, no worries. Um, so they're very entertaining. Six. They're like six to twenty-four minute watches. Very similar in the vein of Love, Death, and Robots, Mike. So it's right up your alley. Um, definitely has some Black Mirror vibes to it. They basically were all written and they all aired on like Steam or Stream or YouTube like back in 2016 as like samples to try and see if they wanted anybody would turn those to your film. Um, There was two episodes in particular I'd recommend. What The first episode, which is Rakaka or Raka. (laughs) I don't know how you pronounce it. R-A-K-K-A. It has Sigourney Weaver in it. Rakaka! Um, And it's uh, basically like um, these reptilians have come down to earth and basically just built these structures and they start taking over earth like methane towers like change the entire um environment of earth it's really cool the the, the reptile the reptilians are very very cool um and then there's another one uh i think it's episode five called zygote and it's basically these two people trapped in a um arctic mine and there's some sort of monster or alien that's hunting them and it's the monster gives off definite thing vibes and uh, annihilation vibes same similar type of monster so that one's really and like even that's if you don't the one like, that's the one you told me that i had to watch right have, i think it was yeah, both, Zy- both of Zy- these zygote though is the one that's your alley all of them are really good some of them are silly and but none of them are more than 24 minutes long so like it's not hard to get through i think i, I think in total it's maybe like, what is this called okay oats studios that's literally what it's called i was like why is this called oats on netflix that's on netflix I think one of the most one of the the most uh, the biggest crimes against film that was never made was the uh, <clears throat> the Neil Blomkamp uh, Alien sequel that was going to be a direct sequel to Aliens and ignore Alien Three and Alien Resurrection. Do you guys ever hear about this before or see the concept art for it? Negative. Oh man, it looked so good. It was basically going to be like picking up directly after Aliens and uh, like Newt. And uh, Bishop were both gonna. Oh, Bishop was the android. What was the um, Michael Bain in Aliens? What was his name? Uh, Hicks. So Hicks, Bishop, and Newt, all the big characters from Aliens were supposed. So they were infamously killed um, off screen in Alien Three. This was supposed to ignore all of that, and it looked it looked really. So if you Google like Alien, excuse me, Alien Five concept art, Neil Blomkamp. It'll pop right up, and they were going to bring Sigourney Weaver back for it. It was going to be one of those legacy sequels that actually looked like it was going to be really, really good. So that's a shame that it never got made. Yeah, that's a shame. The damn. Shame. Apparently, uh, apparently Ridney, Ridley Scott put the kibosh on it. So, huh? Because he was making Alien Covenant <laughs> and Alien, uh, or excuse me, in Prometheus. Not gonna lie, I like Prometheus and Alien Covenant a lot. Me so I mean, if we get two as good do, movies, then as do I. As do I. All right. Cool. Well. If I can, if I can here, because I know we're using Restream, maybe I'll try and use it to my advantage and bring some of this concept art up. But um, hold, please, and I'll uh, I'll defer to you, Matt. I know you said you had a lot that you watched. Uh, yeah, why don't you to... take the reins and talk all about it? Try to breeze through these. So uh, the first one I did was uh, the original 1931 Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Um, I had seen it when I was a kid, but I wanted to give it a rewatch. And absolutely fucking dope movie. Um, incredibly effective to this day, even. Um, extremely creepy. Dr. Jekyll is such a piece of shit. And that whole story is movie. just, it's so well done, dude. And it really holds up. There's like parts of it that are pretty fucked up. Um, and you're just realizing like, he's just like, I just want to bang this chick. And like cheat on my wife, but I'll just become this fucked up monster so that no one knows it's me. It's insane. Um, but as it goes on, he just keeps becoming the monster, like without having to take the the, the potion. It's just anytime he gets any sort of diabolical urges, just turns into him. So it, it it plays well. Uh, it's nice short. I think it's like seventy five minutes long, so that's always good. Um, I watched. Let's see what else did I do? Uh, I watched Watcher. Um, this is the, the Chloe, uh, what's her name? Chloe Azuna or Akuno, uh, Chloe. This one with, movie. uh, Mike, Mike Monroe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I finally like, got around to watching Aichi this. Wawa. Um, 
I thought it was very good. It was better than I expected because I heard a few different things about it kind of being slow and this and everything. But uh, it was interesting enough. I uh, I enjoyed it. So we'll be. Uh, I'm I sure liked it get, too. It'll get some talk next week, I think, on the top tens list. Um, so that'll be good. Uh, I watched Scare Package. Scare Package comes out, I think, by the end of this month on Shutter. I'm glad you so brought that is, up. So this is kind yeah. of an anthology movie. Um, it was. The gore and everything was really good, but it just was so not taking itself seriously that I kind of had a hard time with it. It's like really campy, um, like too campy. So I kind of was, I don't know, I had a hard time getting through this one. Uh, I'm hoping the second one's a little more honed in because um, what they do with the horror stuff is really good. But the, the comedy aspect of it just really drives it off the rails and i found it actually kind of unenjoyable um let's see what's next uh dash cam this movie was fucking i saw insane. you what i saw you watch <laughs> that i was interested to see what you had to say about it this movie was crazy so this was not what i expected and it's super political which i was sort of put off by right off the bat um but it was so over the top that it was actually really funny. So this movie had like a few really good like laugh out loud moments in it. Um, and like the things that the girl says are just out of control. Like it's totally unhinged character. But once you can kind of move past that, it, it does play out really well. There's an incredibly effective um, car crash that is super fucked up. Um, Mike, you've seen this, right? I have so actually I paired this with um with what was the other found footage movie that uh, uh, we host. talked about it with uh, yes yes uh, no not host um shit we talked about it with Justin McLaughlin the episode that we did um not oh, host they, oh uh, uh, Deadstream uh, Deadstream oh yeah yeah very similar um Andrew have you seen Dashcam I have not was that what's that it's on worth Shutter? watching it's on Hulu oh uh, Hulu yeah but um. Mike, that scene where they get into the head-on crash with that other car, and the guy comes through their windshield—it's insane. Like that, I was yeah. like, "Whoa, dude!" Like that got real really quick. So there's a there's a few really effective scenes like that in it, but it's also sprinkled in with some like really over the top. The comedy kind of doesn't stop, but the gore and the violence is so intense that it kind of keeps it going. It's like other than like scare package where the comedy was like so ridiculous and not funny that it didn't really it didn't mesh well but this 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 one i thought did pretty good it went bananas um, with the with the cosmic horror at the end there too that was just like what, yeah, what the fuck is happening here yeah that movie was out of control um yeah which i liked i actually thought that was the best part of the movie um i watched hatching as well so this was another was one from this year um way better than i thought it was gonna be. so this is a finnish movie um, and I kind of thought it was just like this girl gets this egg and she hatches this giant bird monster. And then it's just like, it's a giant bird monster, but there's a lot more to it. And it actually, I don't want to spoil it because I think you guys should watch it. Cause it was way better than this, I thought. This it was is on be. my list. Yeah. I want to see. Yeah. This. It's, uh, the mom in this movie, piece of shit, absolutely awful person, but, um, definitely check this one out. It, uh, it is all in Finnish. So there's subtitles, but um, yeah, no, the story was great and the ending is crazy. So uh, I was, I was pleasantly surprised with this one. Um, I was definitely Before we move on, can I offer you a nice egg in this trying time? Can I offer you an egg in Not this trying time? That's a giant time? bird monster in it, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than those like really big ones, I watched uh, Christmas Evil, which is just another ripoff 80s horror Santa slasher. Nothing really to write home about. Pretty sleazy. Definitely in the same vein as um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, and this, that, and the other thing. Um, but other than what we're going to talk about tonight, which I've already seen so many times anyway, uh, that's that's going to be my uh, my watch list for this week. Okay, fair enough. Very you guys nice. want to hear a little bit more from uh, from the mind of Cat and what she uh, watched and what she has to say? Oh, yeah. Why not? Oh, yeah. Bring okay. it on. Fair enough. So she actually, she, she watched a lot, I have to say. Um, I don't know necessarily, excuse me, all of this applies to our show. Some of these things might. <laughs> um, first of which is um, Inside Man on Netflix. 
You guys hear I love this? Is, is, well, wait, is that the one with... Um... It's David Tennant, uh, the guy who played Doctor Who. He's fantastic. A great actor. He was in Broadchurch. Oh, I'm thinking of Inside Man. Isn't that... You're thinking of the um, the Spike Lee movie with Clive uh, Clive Owen? Yeah, that movie. In Denzel, like movie. right? Yeah. yeah, not not that. This is a, a show on Netflix called Inside Man. It's got uh, David Tennant from Broadchurch. And all Cat wrote about this is one and a half thumbs up. <laughs> okay. So, uh, moving on. Uh, Black so Summer. Oh, yeah, the, no, no, no. There's a few more. There's a few more. <laughs> Uh, Black Summer, that is a Netflix zombie show that actually I've, I've heard decent things about. Um, I don't know if have any of you guys watched any of this before. Is that the one Stephen King's like all riled up about? Like he likes that one or a different one? There's another one. I, I, th I think it is. I think it is. And I, I have to say, I, I watched a couple episodes in the background while Kat was watching it and it looked interesting. <sighs> Walking Dead just ruined zombies for me, though. I gotta say, I don't know. <clears throat> uh, let's see. Cat wrote. Black Summer is a Netflix basic bitch zombie series. One thumb up. Kind of boring. Kind of basic. Just watching it because I'm running low on things to watch and now need to see if it gets any better. <laughs> I almost kind of want her to just write in her thoughts every episode. I mean, these like, are way better. Huh? Than when she I feel like it's way more interesting. <laughs> it's way better, more chuckles. Uh, all right, let's see. What else? Um, she also watched Mr. Harrigan's Phone. Oh, okay. Which I have not seen yet. Uh, Matt, did no. you watch this? No, I heard it's really bad. Yeah, this is a Stephen King adaptation that came out in October, and I've heard nothing but bad things about it. Uh, Kat says, anybody else watch this? I feel like I was, and I wasn't... I don't know what she means there. Anyone else watch this? I feel like I was, and I wasn't expecting more. It wasn't very scary. It wasn't very creepy, although I tried to it. It was just okay. I was hoping that there would be some substance to it, and it was never really there. Even as a high school kid kind of vibe, I still couldn't get behind it. That says a lot for Kat. Uh, the scariest, creepy th creepiest thing about this movie was the thug slash bully who just looked very, in all caps, strange. I'll give it a half a thumb, a digit, if you will. A knock. <laughs> a knock. One knock. We should all just right, change Kat? it now to half a tongue in reference yeah. to uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no evil. Um. A couple, so these these final three things I did I did watch with her. So I'll comment on these again. So uh, did anybody else happen to fucking watch the Guillermo del Toro stop motion Pinocchio movie on Netflix? No, was that good? Holy fuck, dude! It is about as bleak as the fucking day is long. Wow. The story um, in general is bleak, isn't it? It's a fairly bleak story. The original. The it is. Story. It is. I really liked it. I thought it was good. Cat. Uh, Cat was expecting it to be a remake of the Disney film, and it was not. Um, it was way darker, and I feel like I spent the first hour of the movie explaining to her what stop-motion animation was, which I was surprised at because she's a graphic designer, and she was like, wait, no, what do you mean? It's not Why CGI? I was like, like no, 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 Cat, 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 listen. It's actual physical figures. And she was like, what, like, like, like people? I was like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Like, like just, Nightmare Before was... Christmas. Anyway, um, the, the stop motion animation is incredible. Watch it uh, for that alone. It's just incredible that Del Toro got this made. Um, but it's very, very dark. Very dark. Um, lots of dead kids. Lots of dead pets. Lots of dead everybody. Very, very fucking dark. Cat yeah. uh, said, eh, one thumb. Not super impressed. It was all right. I wouldn't watch it again. And then uh, beyond that, we also decided to watch um, two dark episodes, two, two dark Christmas episodes of South Park, first of which was Woodland Critter Christmas, which, Matt, I know you also watch as well. It's a yearly yep. rewatch for us. Fantastic episode of uh, South Park television and Christmas television. Cat <laughs> said, if I only had more thumbs, give it more than weight than two thumbs way, way up. And we also watched uh, the Merry Christmas Charles Charlie Manson episode. Cat also said, "Great episode, two Underrated. thumbs, way way up." That one falls oh. way under the radar. I feel like because it's so old, and I think oh it's, my god, it's before so like the Mister Hanky thing all came out. So yeah. that that's a good one. Um, and like Cartman's relatives always crack me up because they're Car yeah. I would say Car Cartman's family made the whole thing for me. Yeah. Um, they all look and talk like him. It just cracked me the fuck yeah. up. I was dying. That was great. All right. 
Anywho, uh, anything else before we dive into this movie that we're about to talk about here, gentlemen? Uh, negative. All right, cool. Well, before we do so, why don't we take a quick 90-second break for a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. It's official. The critics' decision is in. Spooky World is spectacular. Enter the new black hole. If you dare. Or the new horror house of wax. This year, don't miss the real Jason, Bobby Pickett, or Alice Cooper. Phone the 24-hour Spooky World hotline. 508-838-0200. That's 508-838-0200. Spooky World is just west of Boston. And haunts every night from October 1st till November 1st. If you had the nerve, you'd phone 508-838-0200. It's America's horror theme park. Spooky World. Be scared. I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal, Count Chocula. Piffle. Here's the super sweet new cereal, Frankenberry. But I've got chocolate sweeties for monstrous chocolate flavor. Well, I've got berry flavored sweeties for monstrous strawberry flavor. Count Chocula. Frankenberry. Hi. <laughs> Frankenberry. Count Chocula. The new face of evil is going to scare you to death. Barrett's Haunted Mansion, it's killers. Then creep next door to the Abington Airhouse. Barrett's Haunted Mansion. Eat, drink, and be scary. Go to bhmansion.com. Hey, and we're back. Happy Festivus. Uh, anywho. You I had a lot of problems with you people. Sheet with a hot babe, if you. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Uh, all right, guys. So we're talking about Black Christmas tonight. I feel like this one is way, way, way overdue. Matt, I know this is your first Christmas season with us, and I can't believe this is a movie that we hadn't talked about in the podcast yet. And I knew it was one that we were going to talk about when you came on board. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, I feel like this is just. It's. I think it's fair to say this is like the creme de la creme of Christmas horror movies, especially among hardcore horror fans. I don't feel like that is an exaggeration on my part in any any way, shape, or form. Any way, shape, or form. Um, and I just, I, I, I guess, just an over, an overseeing, over, overthought here. Uh, it's very easy to see, you know, how this was an inspiration for John Carpenter when he made Halloween. I know this came out five years prior to that. Um, it's been widely reported that this was a huge influence on Carpenter. And you, I feel like if you watch the, if you think about these two movies side by side, you can absolutely see it. Um, and uh, so with that being said, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, you know, go out of left field here. Andrew, I know that you're not the biggest Halloween fan. What were your thoughts on Black Christmas? Had you seen this movie before? Had you not seen it before? What do you think about this movie? I'll I'd kick it a, off to you. I'd seen a few times maybe two or three times uh it had been a while definitely i would say out of all the slasher films that there are this is probably my favorite slasher film could be that's not saying a lot in and of itself but it's a very well done movie um everybody's a piece of shit drunk everyone's just hammered the whole time i don't really like any of the characters they're all either annoying drunk or a piece of shit um there's i mean the twist at the end is great very well done um the just the um the fact that that poor girl is just sitting up in the attic the whole time with a plastic bag over her while her poor dad's just looking for her. It's like, no one thought to like, you know, why not look in the attic? Like, what are we doing here? Like, even at the end of the movie, after they uh, arrest or they take all the bodies out, no one thought to think to, you know, look up in the attic. Just bad. Just let that, her go an, It's fine. No one cares. It's good. That is an egregious miscarriage of justice. Like, how does nobody look upstairs? If look you up, watch it, if you watch it again at the end of the movie, when you can overhear all the people downstairs talking, you hear that they're going to come back and they'll do a full sweep of the house. Wouldn't so you do the is... full sweep before you leave someone there? Because well, that the dad passes out, and they yep. they rush him out the door to get him into the hospital. Maybe take but, the girl that's like in a coma to the hot. I mean, I feel like she's like in a coma. Like, oh, she just needs rest. No, she they sedated in, her. Yeah, so do that in a hospital. Don't leave her in this house. Yeah, true. But because moving, I love the phone calls. It's just so like, is he really? Is is that guy whoever plays? Do you do you love them? Or are they <laughs> the best part of the movie and they're incredibly uncomfortable and weird. They're just really uncomfortable and weird. But it's like the range 
like that can't be one person. It was pretty impressive. Certainly the creepiest part of the movie, I think by far, w- yeah. were the phone calls. Oh, yeah. They were like over the top, dude. I remember the first time I watched it, even the first phone call at the beginning of the movie was just like the things that he's saying. And it's just like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. holy fuck, guy. Reel it in. Yeah, it's gross. It's just it's just gross. Yeah. Because, you know, th- this is just one of those movies where it, it feels entirely plausible. Right. I mean, yeah. I feel like there's nothing that's happening here that's supernatural or necessarily like over the top crazy. Like this definitely feels grounded and real enough where it feels like this could certainly happen. Yeah, entirely. Or it certainly could have happened, you know? Yeah, that's it not borrows a lot from Psycho, I think. Yep. And Psycho is very much could be a realistic situation. Um, but the phone calls for sure are fucking they're heavy. Like they and they get worse and worse and worse as the movie goes on and just gets it's frightening. Like that is a crazy person. Oh my god, yeah. And especially I feel like the most frightening part is just like the fact that it goes to several different voices like yeah in one phone call that's just so unsettling and creepy and weird also and it's though, just like i i feel like it's just like the whole thing about this movie and just i didn't mean to interrupt you and i'll go back to you but like ringing phones scare me because you never know like who's on the other end especially i feel like in any horror movie answering a phone is never a good idea it's just always something weird and scary and creepy on the other end and on this end First of all, it takes the cops 8,000 years to try and track, like, whoever's on this fucking phone call. The, the guy that was at, like, the big phone place took him. He was taking his sweet-ass time. He's just, like, you know, gallivanting up and down the hallways trying to find out where this call is being traced from. But, like, he was, just, he's like, dry. yeah, con- <laughs> yeah I, I, I guess. I mean, but the, the content of these phone calls is just so despicable and disgusting. It's just, like, ugh, God, it makes you, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... It, it's yeah, it's just creepy because th- these things, I'm sure, do happen and can happen. One thing about the phone calls that's highly unlikely. Those phone calls could not have been taking place inside that house because the guy's screaming into the phone and there's people screaming in the background. And wouldn't she, wouldn't someone like hear that in the house? <laughs> like it's just in the like the lady's bedroom upstairs and he's screaming into the phone. Well, I mean, again, you'd think so, but because movie, maybe not. <laughs> it is a big house. That's true. It's so certainly those- a big house. The one call where they have, it's later in the movie when he's talked to the police and they're monitoring the call. And it's like, it sounds like he's like yelling at a little kid. And then there's a mother yelling at him. And at the end, and she's like, just like having a wart removed. And then it hangs up and she's just like, oh my God, like, what the fuck was that? It's just like, you can't even imagine like, what the fuck? What is that? What are you talking about? Like, (laughs) It just well, it that's was super yeah. twisted and just over the top. It's like holy fuck. Well, that's what's even weirder about it is because she had that's the conversation she had with her boyfriend at like his recital yeah. hall or whatever when she met him. So there's more of than one of these, correct? There's like three of these movies. Movies. I mean, there's isn't there remakes. a sequel? There's no. no sequels. Okay, so the per I'm I'm just trying to figure out who it was that did this because he had to have been hanging around. You don't know. Having, yeah, he had to have been hanging around when they had that argument. Because he knew what was said. Because it's, there's, I don't want to like, we can do a spoiler alert in a little bit, but you know, uh, in terms of the killer, like, it's very ambiguous, like, who throughout the whole movie, who it is, and who it's speculate, speculated to be. And at that point, that's leading you in that direction. Obviously, it's yes. constantly tugging you in different directions as to who it could be. Um, but those phone calls are fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, they're wild phone calls. Because I usually like... only watch this movie like once a year around Christmas time. So I kind of let myself get enough time away from it that I, every time I do watch it, I'm just like, oh my God, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, it really is an insane movie. Dude, if someone was calling me, leaving, having those things, I would have fucking left. Like, I'm not staying here anymore. Yeah. Or I would have unplugged the phone and be like, I'm never answering this phone again. Because yeah. no one of, no one of like, of any consequence is calling except for the psychopath. I'm good. I don't want to live here. There's... So, a cup. go ahead, Matt. Sorry, I was going to say, there's something about this, too, that I think is makes it stand alone from other slasher movies. And I think it makes it the scariest, is that it's towards the end when Jess goes up and she sees him, like, looking through the the light and you can only see his eye. And he goes to reach for it. You don't really see the guy at all. You only see his hands a little bit. But she, like, slams his hand in the door and he's, like, chasing her and, like, 
this isn't like Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger or Jason or like even like Freddy says some stuff, but like Michael Myers and Jason and like Leatherface, those guys are like silent. They don't say a thing. This dude is just screaming, <laughs> chasing her, just yelling like a maniac. And to me, that is so much scarier because you're just like, this dude is completely out of control. Like it just the that was the, really the thing that drove it home for me is like you're literally like this guy's a fucking psycho and he is just like the, between the phone calls just the angry yelling chasing her at, like and it, it just slamming at the door after she shuts it I was like dude like I was when I was like finishing watching it uh, last night I was like laying in bed I was like dude my heart is like pounding I was like this is fucking insane. I've always just thought it's an incredibly disturbing movie. I would think when when you think of it, like, obviously like it's, it doesn't in in terms of the movies that are out now, it's not necessarily that shocking. This came out in 1974, but I feel like in terms of the content, like when you think about it, so this movie was one of those movies that it was like, it was a ton of outrage about it because it was a Christmas horror movie. Granted it was 1974 outrage, which isn't necessarily the same as 2022 outrage. Pretty progressive. But, uh, it is an aggressive movie, especially no, for 1974. Progressive. Progressive. Pro- progressive. And progressive and aggressive, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> well, all, all, horror movies have always been progressive. Which yeah. you got to give them credit for. But this, has, this touches on a lot of themes that are still, like, hot topics today. Yeah. Um, which we don't have to get into the political side of that. But, like, I remember I was like when I was watching it, I was like, wow. Like, this movie, if made today, would be the talk of the fucking town. Oh, yeah. Well, and that's the thing too is that there have been two remakes of this movie in recent years, which I, I feel like are both both inferior to this, is yeah, what I would say. Exactly. Yep, for sure. Um, one of which was a Blumhouse piece of trash that came out uh, what three years ago, Matt? Something like that. Uh, I didn't watch it. I, <laughs> I saw the one from like two thousand six, so and it was so they bad. They made a remake in two thousand six, like, and they made another remake, maybe because the other one was so bad that like let's make another. Remake. Well, I think I think so. The two thousand six one, I think, was pretty much like in the vein of like the Texas Chainsaw remake yeah. and like those sorts of remakes, where it was just again. And, and one thing I noticed about watching this movie again this time, like watching it with a critical eye, is the fact that like it's it's amazing how much of the violence is either depicted off screen or implied. You really don't see a lot, Um, which, and obviously, like, this was a huge inspiration for John Carpenter for Halloween, and and that's another movie where it's essentially a bloodless film, and I feel like the reputation of this movie almost kind of gives it more of uh, a, like, makes you think it's going to be a gorier movie than it actually is, where, when in fact, it isn't. Like, you really don't see too much, like, there's some blood. But it's not the goriest movie you've ever seen. It's not like a torture porn movie set on Christmas, which is what you'd be led to believe based on some of the reaction to this movie. And I think that that makes it better, in in my opinion, is yeah. the fact that it's just like it's 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 more of what's implied and it's just a creepier thing as opposed to just like, you know, seeing a bunch of girls, sorority girls getting butchered on Christmas, which uh, any movie could do that. I feel like this set out to do something different and it did. And that's, that's very, a that's a, one of the reasons that it's it's held to a higher standard. I think the highest standard of Christmas horror movies. It's, it's very classy. It lacks that like what people would refer to. Like there was a big issue with slashers in the eighties being called misogynistic because you just have these aggressive men killing naked college girls. And this one holds them to a higher standard. They're not just these like bimbos that are waiting to get killed like you know what i mean like they have real life problems they're dealing with real issues on their own terms like they're they have a they have character they have like they have substance and they're not just naked chicks that are getting killed after they have sex with their boyfriend yeah none of them are naked i don't i don't think and i think they're all to to a certain degree pretty likable Mm -hmm. i agree yeah andrew that's what you came in hot with that i was like oh i thought that they were all kind of well margot kidder's character extremely she's a drunk yeah, she's just the, drunk. the whole time, mean to all her friends. She's Andrew, drunk. she would she would fit right in with us. Like, why? Yeah. <laughs> what is your problem with her? <laughs> well, she's kind of a bitch right to everybody. Me, I guess she's kind yeah. of a bitch to everybody. Um, yeah, I guess in general they're not like all just giant. Barb is well, who is, the one with the glasses. Herb. She was nice. Uh, Phil, 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 Phil. Yeah, Claire. Obviously, you don't get to, except in the rocking chair. Um, I loved the uh, the house mother. What was her name? Uh, <laughs> uh, oh my god, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Mac. Mrs. Yeah. Mac. She was great. Great character. Just pulling, 
Honestly, and I thought one of the most one of the most refreshing things about this movie was the the amount of laughs that it had. Like, I actually got a good few chuckles yeah. out of this. Um, I thought the comedy in it was definitely a welcome uh, relief at times, especially due to some of the uncomfortable things that were in this movie. But yeah, Mrs. Mack, great character, just pulling booze everywhere, out of the toilet, out of her suitcase, out of books, <laughs> out of fucking everything, just out of thin air, pulling booze out, just drinking yeah, she's, she's got a supply. brandy. Like a psycho, like a sicko. Sherry, she wasn't drinking brandy. She's drinking Sherry, anything yeah, she can sure. get her goddamn hands on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll um, I, I found this when I was researching this movie earlier. So do you know who that that role was initially offered to, and it was Mrs. turned down? Mrs. Mack. Mrs. Mack. Uh, Betty Davis. Uh, I was gonna guess like oh. Meryl Streep. <laughs> nah, that would have been funny too. But yeah, <laughs> Betty Betty Davis was offered the role of Mrs. Mack. It was turned down. And then also a uh, smaller role in the movie while we're on uh, casting alternatives. Uh, Phyllis, Phyllis Carlson. I think she was the nerdy girl with the glasses and like yeah. the, uh, the fro. Yeah. Originally offered to Gilda Radner, uh, most oh, wow. famous for one of the original sense. cast members of Saturday Night Live. That makes sense. Same yep. person. Apparently she accepted the part, but had to drop out about a month before it was filmed because of her commitments to SNL. So thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. The main cop, he's. I feel like he's done that role. Like, what other movies was? He's the Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, that's what it was. I was like, why? Mm -hmm. How do I know him? Same, like, same exact character in Nightmare on Elm yeah. Street. Yeah, he's also cool. in um, fuck, he's in a really popular Jalo movie. Um, the first Jalo movie. Jalo. Uh, yeah. What's it called? Hold on. What's his name? I'm gonna have to look it up. Hold on. Keep talking. I'll figure it out. But, um, I'm, it's gonna bother me. He's also in Enter the Dragon. Raise... Pretty cool. But um, I, I like watched it a few months ago, and I just can't remember the name because the names of those movies are insane. Was it an Argento? Um, so his name is John John Saxon. This is his name. I want to say it was either. It's not Tenebrae. It's not Deep Red. It's not the one with the. It's not the one where the guy's a writer. No, it's Tenebrae. It it's not that one. Is it Opera? I don't know. Mike's so Mike's so on he's the case in right Cannibal now. Cannibal Apocalypse. Uh, let's see. Beyond <laughs> Evil. Uh, I mean, what year am I looking at here? Black Christmas 74, actually. So, uh, oh, man. I don't even know. He's in so many movies. There's a lot I here. Know. I know. That, that guy's face, I've just seen like a billion times in my life. Yeah, he's got a lot of credits. Yeah, John Saxon's stage name. His name is, uh, he's born Carmine Orico. He's from oh, wow. Italy. So, yeah, that, that makes sense. He was the first in... Giallo film. <laughs> Good luck finding Anywho. out which one it was. Yeah. Oh, I'll find. But Matt, I guess I'm I guess when we're talking it. about like slashers, like I mean, it was Tenebrae. Sorry, do you? Do, do you okay. It was Tenebrae. Yeah, okay. he was, and he was a detective in that too, probably. Yeah, because that's pretty much. He what just he has is. that. He he has that look to yeah. him. He's got the eyebrows. Um. So this this movie, by the way, is written and directed by a guy named Bob Clark. He's a Canadian director. Um, <laughs> which is wild to me because he also is. <laughs> Uh, so he directed Black Christmas in 1974, and then he's also the most famous for right uh, for directing A Christmas Story. So two huh. of the most famous <laughs> Christmas movies ever made. This guy directed Black the Christmas ends of the and yeah. A Christmas Story on total polar opposite ends of the spectrum. Gotta give that which, guy props then. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I, I think it's just wild that he made both these. He made, you know, arguably the most feel-good Christmas movie of all time. And the Christmas movie that people hate the most of all time because they, yeah, you know, we they got to clutch, clutch their pearls. And see right? if there's any like things that like Easter eggs. Tie it. Yeah, like not even Easter eggs, but just like themes throughout the movies that are. This is like a fun-loving part of this, but then this is what happens if you do it on the opposite end. There's yeah. got to be some sort of formula that he has for brilliance. What did a Christmas <laughs> story come out like? 1984. Like I think it was 82? ten years later. Two. I think it was eighty-two. 82. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my, my, my point being, so Bob Clark directed this movie and also um, Christmas Story. He doesn't he doesn't consider he, like he's gone on record saying that he doesn't consider Black Christmas to be a slasher movie. He considers to be more of a psychological thriller, which I feel you can say for those other 70s slashers as well. So like the most famous 70s slasher movies are obviously Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Black Christmas, Halloween. Don't Do you guys consider this to be a slasher movie? I think I, I would put it as close to the psych. Like, do you call Psycho a slasher? See, I don't. I mean, I, I, I guess I would, it's, I a, it's a precursor. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why I like it, because it's not really a 
it's just it's classier like it's very well done yeah and it's like very... that's what I, that's what i was saying like the story has substance like you're you're also entangled with this whole situation of uh olivia olivia hussey her character yes, olivia hussey yep her character being pregnant and wanting to get an abortion and her boyfriend not wanting her to and you're like well what's gonna happen with that and then the dad's this dad is looking for her daughter who's the first girl to get killed you're like are they gonna go up in the attic and figure it out like is this guy just in their house the whole time there's there's a lot of things going on where you look at movies like friday the 13th it's just like they're just out of camp this someone's killing them all and now she, she, she didn't kill her boyfriend right he was definitely killed by the kids. That's definitely meant to be ambiguous yeah i did uh, like how they make a point of it when they show the shot where she sees the killer through the like door that his and eyes you can see that color. it's his brown eyes and then he has green eyes you're like oh there you go good job I like that's a sneaky pickup too sneaky sneaky well because if they had just made that movie and it ended with it basically her boyfriend was the killer who you would have called from the beginning of the movie basically it would have been it wouldn't have been we would have sucked yeah <laughs> oh so speak, like, speaking oh, cool. of <laughs> i don't mean to step on our conversation here but I, I i forgot that i i still do have some thoughts from kat written down here about black christmas this is her first this is her first time this is her first time seeing this movie which again is just incredible to me but um let's see black christmas i don't think i've ever seen it but i liked it i don't even think i knew what it was about until we watched it to be honest the whole plot line with the sorority slash college campus vibe was fun. The open ending was interesting, and it was overall maybe a movie I might fit in every other year as a holiday watch. Am I giving thumbs? I think I'll give it two thumbs. Not way, way up, but it gets two thumbs. I like that a direct, you... A direct quote. I like that you read her her notes as if you're Casey Kasem reading <laughs> fan mail on the radio. I, is, I don't know how else to read that any I better. That is perfect. Yeah, right? <laughs> I have a, uh, <laughs> I have a dedication <laughs> to my long lost friend who I haven't seen seventy four. I'm Scott Hanson. <laughs> Eight hours of commercial free football starts right now, <laughs> and it's the witching hour yeah. where winds become <laughs> losses and losses become winds. We're gonna go to whoa! Get him! Giddy up. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. But yeah, I feel like I there's no other way to read Kat's comments. It just it just comes naturally. Oh, it was good. It's like audible chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Oh goodness. Anywho, um, where were we? We were talking about uh what Black Christmas, yeah? Yeah. Oh god. Well, a couple things that I found out. Pretty easy to see this is based on the um the old urban legend that uh, the phone calls are coming from inside the house, just like um, what's the other fucking movie? Uh, when a stranger calls. Yes, when a stranger calls. Yep, same thing. Um, apparently, the so this is a Canadian movie. This was inspired by the uh, babysitter and the man upstairs urban legend, the series of murders that took place in the Westmount neighborhood of Montreal. Um, according to an article from the Telegraph that I found today, the murders were uh, they occurred in 1943 where a 14-year-old boy bludgeoned several members of his family to death. So there's that, and that's pretty dark. Uh, Yeah, and the movie was also shot in Toronto, just to keep the Canadian theme going here. Uh, An estimated budget of $620,000 was distributed by Warner Brothers in North America. And uh, this, at the time, was the third highest grossing Canadian film of all time. Uh, grossing $2 million behind the... <laughs> Listen to the names of these movies. <laughs> the Apprenticeship of Duddy Kravitz, 1974, and the French-language film De Femme en Or from 1970, directed by Claude Fournier. Uh, overall, Black Christmas grossed over $4.1 million internationally, managing to earn more than its budget of 620000 So good Sorry, for Black Christmas. Distracted. Who was Claude Fournier? Claude Fournier. He was a uh, director of a French language Canadian film called De Femme en Or. And he also, what did he have to do with Black Christmas? Um, it was the third hot. So basically, I was, t- I was this Black Christmas was the third highest grossing Canadian film of all time. 
Oh, I uh, was behind. wondering if that was a nod yeah, yeah, to yeah. Claude the no. Cat. I was like, Claude. No, oh, Claude the Cat. I forgot about yeah. Claude the Cat. Yes. I want yes, Claude yes. the Cat. Claude's very fluid. That mm. cat. You love cats. Claude was a good cat. I, I hope that the uh, the killer, Billy, by the way, Matt, I know you want to spoil it, right? That's what it's alluded to have been. I hope Billy did not kill Claude the cat because Claude was a good floofy boy. It looked like Claude was just licking the dead person's plastic wrap. It's like the scene where the cat yeah, was climbing up on the dead body. Just, oh, wow. Cats, like, oh, cats do have a reputation for eating dead people, though. So I wouldn't they be sure surprised do. if Claude was, uh, you know, eating. He was hungry. Attic girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's wild how much of like a comfort. Like it's a Christmas movie. I read a thing that said that this was Elvis's favorite Christmas movie or favorite horror movie, and he watched the it King? Every Christmas up until he died. Yeah, really interesting. There's yeah. hmm. only three Christmases. Wow, that's pretty fucking wild. I have to say, who'd have thunk Elvis's <laughs> favorite horror movie and favorite Christmas movie? Black Christmas, right? <laughs> I feel like I'm just gonna have a hard time because usually what we do, um, you know, in our house on Christmas is, you know, at some point during the day we'll throw on a Christmas story. Yeah, it's on TBS for fucking 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, for 24 hours, which I, I feel like is a ridiculous concept in and of itself. There's no, there's, it's not that great of a movie. There's Don't no they need do it for on Thanksgiving for three it's days It's fine to straight. watch one time a day or one time a yeah. year. Yeah. There's no need for it to be on for fucking a day and a half. It's really not that good. But anyway, I, I just feel like I'm going to have a hard time now that I've seen this movie again, watching, watching the Christmas that. story or a Christmas story without thinking about this movie and just thinking yeah. about the demented side of like the, the guy that directed that feel good Christmas movie directed this, this, this then he wrote it twisted ass movie. Yeah. He, he wrote it too, which is the really fucked up. Part. I guess when they good were on doing Bob, the, good on Bob Clark, when they were doing the phone calls, I guess when they were filming it, they had them listening to like much more tame dialogue. And then he spliced yeah. in the the c words and the the threatening cunnilingus uh, later. So, um, threatening cunnilingus. That's what it was. Uh, We've now talked about analingus, cunnilingus, and uh, all sorts of oral sex tonight on the show. Hooray! Hooray, <laughs> lingus, fellatio. Bless. Yeah, fellatio. But, uh, I guess yeah. that I imagine is just to be polite and not have to have the young women listen to such actual awful fucking things directly into their ear from another person saying them. Hmm. Probably a good idea. Good yeah. thought. I mean, it was just good instinct on his end. Yeah. Bravo. Bob Clark. Bob Clark. All right. Bob. Gentlemen, <clears throat> uh, have we exhausted all of our thoughts on black Christmas or do we have anything else before we uh, sign off for the evening? I'll say it is definitely uh, one of the most, I think it's an underrated slasher for sure. There's still a lot of people that I'll talk about this movie and they've never seen. Um, I'll say it's underrated. It's one of the best slashers, if not the best slasher of all time. Uh, and it's also the best Christmas horror movie. And nothing will ever top it. And it's fucking perfect. It's a perfect movie, in my opinion. That's what I got. Yeah, it's definitely. I think it's definitely. It's definitely. It's definitely the best Christmas horror movie yeah. ever made. I think by far. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily my personal favorite Christmas horror movie, um, but I, I, I can see why it's an all-time classic. Absolutely. It's just, yeah. I, 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 yeah. There's a reason that the classics are the classics, and when you watch this movie, if you haven't seen it in a while, you, you can see why. You can see Wild why. That two years this operates, this be... operates on a different level than most of the casual slasher horror movies that you'll see. The movie's coming up on its 50th anniversary. Is that right? 2024? 50 years? Yeah. Wow. 50 fucking years. That means that Halloween will be 50 years old in 2028. I mean, we're a while away from now. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Exorcist will be 50 years next year. No, and to celebrate that, we'll be getting a new trilogy of films from David Gordon Green. Are you excited for those? Nope. <laughs> Good man. Good man. Me neither. <laughs> Leave it alone, Blumhouse. Leave I'll it alone. Him, but... I gotta say, so, um, you know, a little behind the scenes stuff here for the show. Um, we were supposed to record an episode last week, but it didn't end up happening where we were going to talk about the best studios in horror, where we all were uh, given certain studios uh, and we were going to draft the best movies from said studios. And I got Blumhouse and A24. And uh, I was reviewing the Blumhouse catalog 
my god, there's some trash in there. Oh my god, is there some garbage? It can't be worse than Dark Castle. Whatever the fuck that studio. I'd have to, I'd have to, I'd have to, I'd have to research Dark Castle. I don't even know what's in there. I came up with two. My third wasn't even a horror movie. I'm like, nope, I'm not picking trash. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. Paramount and Rogue. So Rogue didn't have very much to offer. Fair enough. Andrew, any final thoughts on Black Christmas? Um, not really. Solid. It's horrible. If you haven't seen, watch it. Stop being. If you don't like this movie, fuck you. Um, here's what I'd say: If you haven't seen Black Christmas or you're looking to watch Black Christmas, it's streaming on Shutter right now. Uh, you can also watch great, it so. free on YouTube or Tubi. Oh, okay, cool. YouTube, you don't even so you can watch it a bunch of different places. Someone uploaded like a 4K HD version. Oh wow, I watched like a pretty rugged Tubi cut, but I didn't mind because I. I don't mind watching older movies with kind of a rough cut. It kind of, it's kind of nice. It, it helps set the. Yeah, the quality on Shutter wasn't that great. I have to say, it was uh, left a little bit to be desired. So there's a 4K version on YouTube. I mean, hey, watch it as long as it's not illegally uploaded. I mean, it's like the first one that shows up, oh, so I can't imagine that it's illegally uploaded. <laughs> I think they made their money off that movie. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to prosecute you, Andrew. I think most of the people. I'm going to make a citizen's arrest. Most of the people that are involved in that movie are dead, so I don't think it really matters. Is Margot Kidder dead? I think she's alive. She probably looks like a Olivia Hussey's right still alive. Bob Clark's dead. I know that. I don't know. Listener, why don't you do a little bit of research yourself and report back to us and tell her tell us if uh, most of the people that are in this movie are dead. Let us know. It's Fifty hey. years old. Almost, I bet so. the cat's dead. That cat's yeah. Oh, the cat. The cat's long. definitely dead. I Poor wonder if our, uh, I wonder if our buddy, the uh, detective, he's got to be. He's dead. He's dead for sure. Is he? Oh, yeah, okay. he's dead. Yeah, he he dead. He dead for sure. How about the mother of the house? Well, the house mother. I mean, she was like seventy in that movie, so she's definitely dead. Fifty yeah. years later, unless she lived to be hundred and twenty. I mean, if she's not if she's not dead, she's definitely uh not doing great. She's probably pickled yeah. from all no, the no, she's yeah. <laughs> Pickled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Well now that I've made a citizen's arrest, I feel like I should fucking sign off here and uh say sayonara. Uh thanks for tuning into another episode of America's Hometown Horror. We appreciate you coming back. And uh we'll be back next week again for another episode. And again, the possibly the the episode that I'm the most excited for all year, which is our top 10 horror movies of the year episode. We're all going to be here. Um, the three of us and cat, probably the spooky hound dog, uh, Otis, the official hound dog of America's hometown. Horror. he'll probably be here too, barking and being a pain in the ass and chiming in on his favorite horror movies of the year, but uh, come back, check it out. Um, in, in the meantime, you can find that episode along with this particular episode, wherever you're listening right now, to your podcasts, but we're also on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, and wherever else you may get your podcasts. My name is Mike. I'm your host. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the show, and I've been joined by my esteemed co-hosts, Matt and Andrew. You guys, good tidings to you, to you and your kin. Good tidings for Christmas. Blah 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 blah. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad and good evening. Did you fuck my mom, Santa? Did you fuck my fucking mom, Santa? Did you fuck my mom? Did you fuck her? Did you fuck her? It's like the phone call. All right. Uh, right? All right. I'm scared. (laughs) All right. Goodbye and Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Merry Christmas, everybody. Hey everyone, it's Mike from America's Hometown Horror and just wanted to say thank you again for listening to another episode of our show because of course we would be nothing without you listeners. If you are interested in more local Plymouth podcasts, I would highly recommend you check out uh, some shows by our cohorts on the Inebriart Podcast Network. That's right, the Inebriart Podcast Network, folks. In addition to America's Hometown Horror, you can find the Inebriart Podcast, Bar Talk, Theme Park Legends, Retro Redoctopus and Old Colony Cast, head on over and give them a listen.